Welcome to the ATP Tennis Radio weekly podcast, a special programme this time focusing on the all-important race to London as a handful of the finest players in the world jostle for the last few remaining places at the NITO ATP Finals. I've been so close so many times to be honest and it's just, it hurts, it hurts but for sure this is going to be the, the ultimate thing for me. London is of course a big target, we would like to go in London but to be in the eighth first player. It's impossible to ignore the fact that I am sitting in that position in the race, but I'm doing my best just to go out there and go one match at a time and play it from there. To be consistent through the year, but also to finally uh, come to the London World Tour Finals again, you know, for the second time in a row. As much as I'd love the opportunity, and it's obviously on my mind, uh, you know, it's something that I'm, you know, working at. It's really about taking care of business and whatever task I'm doing. and. And that's a strategy that I'm, you know, I'm trying to bring to, uh, to, uh, to my career. I'm Seb Lozier, and first let's just have a quick reminder of the players already qualified. Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, Alexander Zverev and Dominic Team have done enough this season to nail their places down at the prestigious event to be held on the 12th to the 19th of November at London's O2. And with some notable absentees from the field, a golden opportunity has presented itself to clinch those last four golden tickets. As things stand at the end of this week, the next four players in line are Grigor Dimitrov, Marin Cilic, David Goffin and Pablo Carreño Busta. We will hear from all of them over the next 30 minutes and they are all in action over the next week at either the Erste Bank Open in Vienna or the Swiss indoors in Basel. Also in action and still within reach of London will be America's Sam Querrey, US Open finalist Kevin Anderson and the ever-popular pair Juan Martín del Potro and Joe Wilfred Songer, both champions at 250 events this week. But there is no doubt who currently occupies pole position in qualifying. He is 26. He is Bulgarian. Grigor Dimitrov is yet to reach the season finale, but has been in scintillating form of late. And with a recent Masters 1000 title in Cincinnati, it's fair to say he's ending the year the same way he started it. Well, it's pretty amazing when you win the first week of the year. I'm not going to lie, this gives you a, a, a perfect kick, I think. And uh, I like playing in Australia anyway, but and I always felt I could do very well out there. And, and Brisbane is, was a tournament of mine that I always wanted to win. And yeah, coming into Melbourne was also a very successful week for me. So... Uh, everything has been has been going pretty pretty good early on, and I think that's that's part of the success. But uh, I haven't done anything different. Different. Um, adding Daniel Varvido last year was pretty much my um, I think my highlight, and the off season was um, was pretty pretty good and, and well organized. So I think that was um, that was pretty much the key for me to start the year well. Uh, I built up I think a very solid block before that, and yeah, coming coming into a new year, you have that excitement and. You're feeling healthy. Everything is is starting to feel good. You you have your team. You have your routines. You have your schedule. And I think when you have that, it gives you a, a you know a great perspective throughout the year. You mentioned perspective. What has Danny brought for you? Um, where's the benefit come? 
simplicity. I think that's that's the that's the word that I'm always going to use because I mean we all know how to play tennis, but I mean you need to find a solution every time you come to you come to a tournament because sometimes everything is different. When I start from the courts to the balls to finding the right uh, tuna for your rackets, it's just so many so many components that need need to be put together and. We've been able to simplify that as much, and especially when we get out on a practice court, we know exactly why we're there, and we use the um, we use the time to our maximum, and obviously, you know, watch a lot of matches and and kind of try to construct everything in a way that is gonna um, it's gonna bring a success. What are the main areas that you're working on now between now and the end of the season? Well, there's honestly there's not much to work right now except just playing uh, playing the game. I think uh, in the end of the year, a lot of people are pretty tired and through it so to speak but I'm feeling pretty pretty uh, pretty fresh and pretty healthy I think that's that's a very good sign especially knowing that you have what three tournaments to the end of the year that gives me a great hope and in the same time I'm just happy to feel that way that means that I've managed uh, quite good my schedule throughout the year we all know how how hard it is to travel so much and play tournaments but you know there's a time also that you need to kind of step back and and kind of you know, reboot yourself and and start and start fresh. And I think we've managed with that pretty well. And yeah, the results are here. But um, I mean, still, there's there's quite a few tournaments to play, and I'm I'm looking forward to to perform. Yeah, just finally on the Nito ATP World Tour Finals, you're fifth in the race. Uh, what would it mean to qualify this season after after the year that you've had? Well, the best reward. That's uh, that's for sure. It's. Uh, Again, I've I've been so close so many times to be honest, and it's just it hurts, it hurts. But again, um, I was able, I think, to forget some of the previous times pretty fast. And I like to look at the big picture, and that's and that's that. You know, you're gonna get rewarded if you do the right things. And I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now, and I think this is this is worth way more to me. And I'm I'm so excited when I have those those kind of big battles, and I'm looking forward to have a head, but. For sure, this is going to be the, the ultimate thing for me. Grigor Dimitrov talking with Matt Brown. Now, having returned revitalised from an injury break, Croatian Marin Cilic is showing the kind of form that would trouble anyone in London. According to his coach, Jonas Bjorkman, consistency has been the key. He's also been speaking with Matt Brown. Very pleased for him. Uh, you know, there was a tough injury after the great success on the grass uh, not being able to play fully in Wimbledon final uh, which you want to perform and play your best uh, win or lose doesn't matter but obviously uh, he um, you know we, we felt that he needed to uh, to take a few weeks off uh, to avoid a bigger injury and uh, I, th- I think uh, he's been coming back strongly after uh, was a bit rusty in US Open uh, lost third round and uh, we knew he sort of had to go through the first week and play mm. play his way into a form, and it didn't work out. But uh, after after that, he um, played well in Davis Cup and also in Labor Cup and got the matches he needed. What are the areas that you guys have been working on with him uh, following the the injury layoff um, as you build up for the you know for the final push towards London? Well, the good good thing with an injury is that he's going to be fresh at the end of the year. Uh, otherwise, the season is long uh, for everyone, and you can see mentally sometimes uh, the guys are getting a bit more tired and, and fatigued. Uh, so he's feeling fresh, uh, and the body is uh, really strong, which is good. And uh, you know, we we been keep keep working on on uh, him being more comfortable uh, coming up to the net. Uh, we're working a lot on the volleys. Uh, 
and we're working from you know from the baseline to to sort of moving forward mm-hmm. after good shots and uh, yeah, I think this week has been been the best uh, we've seen in a long time. Uh, it's been volleying unbelievable well and uh, you know gaining more confidence of winning the points as well. So uh, it's, yeah, it's been uh, so far very good. Uh, it's been serving very well uh, this week. Obviously, the U.S. Open champion uh, in 2014, and he played unbelievable back then when he you know won a semi-final against Federer and then the final against Nishikori. Can he? reach that level again or do you feel he, he has reached that level again? Uh, he can definitely reach that level again uh, it's a great feeling for him to know what it takes uh, to win a slam and, and know his capacity uh, how well he can play when he plays play his best tennis and then he knows he can beat any, anyone out there uh, and uh, you know what what the goal has been uh, for us has been that you know to get the consistency uh, because he has a very uh, high level of his good tennis but you know unfortunately on the bad day you know he hasn't been uh, as consistent and I think that's a strength this year that uh, you know he had his best uh, clay court season best consistency for two three months we follow up with uh, with the grass court season and and now again you know performing well in the big ones and I think that's that's what we're going to try, uh, try to keep working hard on. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, feeling very positive that he uh, he has one or two uh, slams in him. Obviously, the ATP Tour World Tour Finals, the Nito ATP World Tour Finals, Marit is so close to qualifying. Uh, we, I'm going to assume he's going to be there. Uh, it's just a great event, isn't it? And, and something that uh, to finish the season well there would be the icing on the cake. Absolutely, and and once again, you know that comes back to consistency. That was one of our biggest goals this year, you know, to to be consistent through the year, but also to finally uh, come to the London World Tour Finals again, you know, for the second time in a row, uh, and uh, you know, put he's almost there. If you look at the cat, uh, the other guys needs to play really, really well to to put him out there. So, you know, it feels good that he. Uh, He's going to be there again, and uh, now he also will able to enjoy uh, to be ranked number four on Monday, and uh, I think that's a great achievement as well. One of the hottest players on tour at the moment is David Goffin, winner of back-to-back titles in Shenzhen and Tokyo, under the guidance of Cherry Van Klimput. He played very well this time. He has he find uh, again the the confidence is very important for him. But after the very difficult time in, uh, after Roland Garros, because he tried to come back, because we have two goals, is to go in the um, US Open and uh, the semi-final of Davis Cup. And unlucky, because he has problems with the knees after the compensation on the left knees. Uh, very tough time. And, but we stay focused on the goal to prepare this, this event, the US Open. And not bad. Good event, good US Open. And after doing the the, the preparation uh, of the Davis Cup, the, the, the week the, of the preparation with the medical staff, we find a lot of options, we love find solutions, he begin to play better, he start to, to find confidence. Very good match against, tough match against Milman and very good match against Nick, Nick Girgios. And after, step by step, he come back and with the rhythm, with victories, because there is any small victories, all the match is tough, all the match is important. We stay focused, and after, yes, it's, it's good because it's fine. Then. Because for those listeners that don't know it, Roland Garros, he suffered a, a pretty bad injury, didn't he, when he hit the advertising hoardings in his match? Yeah, of course, but 
Yes, it's, it's, it's in the past now, but unfortunately, it's, it's the wrong time for him. It's not easy, but he's still young. And for me, with the time, it's a very important experience, and maybe to find something in the the mind for to to be better in the future is my my opinion. It's important, even a big injury or something like this. It's important to to think how you can be better in the future. And we spoke together, and he find. So he's clearly come come right after that big setback because mentally it's tough, isn't it, when a player recovers from or comes back from injury? Yeah, but for David, of course, legs is very important because it's the the main quality of David is the the footwork on the court is very important. Without the, his leg, it's not a big serve and a big forehand. You need to prepare the point to run a lot, but. I'm, we are very, very happy now. So what expectations, what hope did you have for David's game? To know after to take everything and we prepare. I said it's important, don't think too, too, too far. You play day after day and you play match after match and you stay focused on each match, each set, each point and to stay concentrated for the intention, for the, for the best quality, for the, the, the building of the point and by step by step a huge goal for this year well there are two really aren't there there's the Davis Cup final but there is the Nito ATP World Tour finals and the chance to play in London at the O2 and still a lot of points to go yeah but it's with with the rest of the season with two even like every everything is possible you you don't you you don't have your ticket for London uh, London is of course a big target uh, we we would like to to go in London for to be in the eight first player. If he's alternate, we go. He will go also. But we try now to 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 get. But day by day, each match it's important. We don't think too far. It's we have the maybe London. Of of course, sure the final of Davis Cup. It's a long season. Short preparation for next year. I'm not happy, but it's the life. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, you, uh, uh, it's almost like you're the coach, uh, is the victim of your players' success because you want the season to go as long as possible. Yes, of course, but victim like this is not better. So, <laughs> then, no, no, but it's a good problem. No, uh, it. He want to work with me. I don't. I don't understand why. Because it's a long time. <laughs> we start in 2004, but uh, no, it's a good problem. And my job is to find solution. You're listening to ATP Tennis Radio. I think I'm playing the best tennis of my career. The people knows now that, uh, that I'm a dangerous player. 2017 has been a breakthrough year for Pablo Carreño Busta. After winning his third ATP World Tour title in Estoril, the Spaniard impressed with a run to the US Open semi-finals, breaking into the Emirates ATP Top 10 for the first time in his career. Now with a realistic chance of qualifying for London, we went to meet the man from Barcelona. My passion is play tennis, but when I... When I am outside the court, I love to go to the, with, with my friends in Barcelona, with, with all of them, to the cinema or, you know, taking take out or something, drinks or something like this. And also play, play football, play basketball, all, all, of, all of the sports I like. 
because uh, playing you, you are you are playing tennis and you love tennis so so it is it's easy but you are traveling all the weeks you can you cannot be at at home with your family with your friends so for me i think this is a, the worst part of his life but for sure if i have to choose again i i will choose this this life again I think all, with all the Spanish guys, I have a really good relationship. Uh, we we play all the weeks uh, together. Uh, I would play against against them, but we are very friends. And and then uh, other players also, uh, Argentina or Brazilians. I think I, I I have really good friends here in the in the locker room. And though surprised, one fellow Spaniard has been an inspiration this season. Rafa is one of the best tennis players on the world and is one of the, of the best sports uh, person in, in Spain. So for, for te Spanish tennis, uh, Rafa comebacks is a really good news. No? You know, uh, everybody supports him, everybody knows him. So I think it's a really good news for, for us. For me, my motivation is to be the, 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 the best one. I know it will be difficult, but, but it's a dream. So if you want to make your dreams real, you have to fight and you have to practice a lot. One of the most improved players in 2017 has been America's Sam Querrey. Semi-finalist at Wimbledon, quarter-finalist at the US Open, he and his coach Craig Boynton have been sharing the secrets of their success with Matt Brown. I've been playing aggressive, I've been playing smart, and you know, when you, when you, winning's contagious, and when you start doing that more often, you, you just feel better about yourself, about your game, and that's kind of what's happened this year. Has there been any change in, in your mindset, in your approach, um, anything in particular that, uh, that has made a difference? Nothing really, you know. I've I've been doing the same thing that I've been doing for years. I've been working hard. I've been, you know, with my coaches in the gym doing doing things that I've always done. It's and and you know things are just coming together this year. It's not always, uh, you know. I think with a lot of players, men and women, when they when they have great years or their best years, it's not a, it's not because they made drastic changes all the time. You know, a lot of times it's just they've been putting in work and and that's when their time has come and that's when they're their best tournaments come and you know the results don't come quickly and right away all the time and so you know I'm, I just turned 30 and and fortunately for me this has been my best year. Looking at your results this year uh, clearly success bring, brings confidence doesn't it and and that's what's happened with your game uh, the semi-final run at Wimbledon and you followed it up pretty well on the hard courts. Yeah Wimbledon was was so exciting I feel like I always play well there I like the grass and to make the semi-finals was a a memory I'll always have. I hope I can get back there. And yeah, like you said, uh, you know, I took that into the, the hard courts and won my won my first hardcore title in, in Cabo San Lucas, which gave me some momentum for the summer. And um, you know, and then kind of ended it at the U.S. Open with another good run. And so, all in all, it was a, a great summer for me. So you're fit, injury free, and the big target now has to be qualifying for the Nito ATP World Tour Finals in London. Um, it is, but I'm I'm. You know, that wasn't my goal at the beginning of the year. My goal at the beginning of the year was to play in the Paris tournament because the last two years I've been tapped out and just pulled out of it. So um, that's still my goal. And if, um, you know, I, if, if I can make London, that's awesome. But as for now, I'm, 
I'm looking just to, to play in the Paris tournament. Come on, goals have to change when you are 11th in the race I mean, and, and there are so many of you uh, in contention. Definitely. It's impossible to ignore the fact that I am sitting in that position in the race, but I'm doing my best just to go out there and go one match at a time and, and play it from there. Yeah, this is the business end of the tour, uh, especially for, like you said, the guys that are that are in the race anywhere, I think, from 7 to 12. And it really, at this point, it's who's going to win more matches and who's going to stay true to their form and who's going to be able to execute under the big moments. Uh, we're going to go with what we've been doing all year for Sam, and that's Sam playing his brand of tennis, him focusing more on his side of the net, not necessarily get worrying too much about what the, uh, the opponent does, uh, and him just being committed to him playing his style, of, his style of brand of tennis. And how would you describe that style? I mean, it obviously starts with a serve. He's a big guy, tall guy. He's got a great serve. Well, it starts with a serve, uh, absolutely. And there, there are things when, serve, when Sam's serving well, and, and those, most, most men, when they're serving well, they're holding easily, um, and it puts, tilts the pressure onto their opponents to hold serve. And Sam just being really aggressive when he has a ball, a green light ball, and just being committed um, and executing and not really focusing too much uh, on, on the outcome of things. Has he done a lot of work on mental strength in the last couple of years, the mental side of it? I think he's, as, he, as these guys mature, I think um, that happens naturally. But there are a lot of things... Let me rephrase that. There are a few things that Sam and I talk about repeatedly in terms of uh, competing and being resilient and getting off bad moments, uh, and he's done a great job of that this year. I'd say that was that would be one of one or two or three things that he's doing better that's helping uh, for these results that you're seeing. Do you see Sam in 2018 becoming uh, establishing himself in the top ten? He definitely has the ability and the capability of it. Um, I don't really think in those terms. I, I think more in terms of what Sam needs to do now and next week and, and the week after that in order to kind of main, maintain uh, his ability and capabilities. It would, be, it would be like if I'm going to walk between from here to the locker room, I'm going to think about one step of the way until I get to the locker room instead of like thinking of getting to the locker room now, if that makes sense. So I, I don't think in terms of ranking or numbers, I think in terms of uh, what he's doing to maximize his game. How much in the couple of years that you've worked with him has his self-belief changed? Is it simply a case of I get a great result, I win through to a semifinal or a slam, suddenly I believe I can, I can beat anyone and win any tournament? Well, I, I wish it was that easy. You know, um, if there's one moment, I, I'm not quite sure if there was one moment. I know there was a turning point we had this year that kind of turned things around. Where was that? It was in Acapulco after Sam's first round. Um, and it was, it was just an opportunity to kind of clear his mental slate and put a vision in place mm-hmm. and having him commit to that vision. And, and I think it surprised him how good... He was, and we all know what he did that tournament and the, the wins that he had. And so I think, I think that always that, that kind of helped. And then, but every week there are some sort of obstacle that, uh, you know, for what, whatever it is, there, there's something that we have to always, all these players here have, have got to put their energy in, in getting over. Um, and every one of these players has one or two weeks where it's like, I got no problem. This is great. Tennis is easy. And, you know, if we could all capture that and do that 50 weeks a year, it would be, it would be a blast. Query's up to an inform means he's currently just one place outside the top eight for London. 
And one further back in the queue is 31-year-old, six-foot-eight South African Kevin Anderson, whose stellar run at the US Open was ended only by rampant Rafa Nadal in the final. We met up with him and his coach, Neville Godwin. You know, I felt I had a great summer, and uh, to make the finals of US Open was uh, a terrific run for me. Um, you know, it was interesting as each match went on. You know, I really saw it as a as a big opportunity, and I was really you know happy with the way I dealt with a lot of challenges um, throughout that tournament. And obviously, came up against a tough opponent in the finals in Nadal. And uh, but I think looking back at it, I mean, a just the achievement itself. I mean, you know, to be in the Grand Slam finals. Uh, you know, when you in the moment, um, you know, it kind of feels. You don't give too much thought about the larger, you know, context. And even now, I mean, we're in the middle of the season and stuff. But it, as you said, I mean, it definitely feels good to, you know, know I've competed at that stage. And uh, it gives me a lot of motivation and, uh, you know, excitement that hopefully uh, I'll be able to put, my, put myself in that position again. You know, it's interesting as a kid and, you know, even as a pro, you think, well, what would it be like being in the finals or winning a Grand Slam? And, um, you know, I think once it happens, I mean, look, it was, you know, unbelievably a lot of uh, great emotions, you know, especially after my semi-final match and, you know, in the finals as well. But, you know, afterwards, you know, it feels good. Uh, you can reflect on things. Um, but at the same time, I feel like you have to almost sort of start from square one again with, you know, all, you know, all the things I committed to, all the things I was doing. You know, nobody's just going to bow over and, you know, and give you any matches. Um, you know, of course, outside of the court, you know, maybe, you know, recognize a little bit more, um, you know, here and there. But, uh um, you know, life still goes on and, you know, it seems a little contradictory or it's a big achievement and, you know, I'm very, you know, proud of it. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, you, you can't necessarily recreate those feelings. It's more sort of in the memory bank and you have to really work hard, um, you know, moving forward. On court, I've noticed changes. The, the fist pumping, um, the vis- visible um, emotions that you're displaying that perhaps you never used to do. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've been working hard on and... Uh, I think it just helps me play better tennis. I mean, I've been saying that throughout. I mean, you know, I've had a few people, you know, mention that. I, you know, I guess it's very noticeable. Um, but I, you know, at the end of the day, just like I, off the court, I'm working on my movement. I'm working on, you know, anything that can help me play better tennis. Working on this part of the mentality has definitely allowed me to play better tennis. I feel like it allows me to reset off the points quicker. Um, you know, often tennis matches are won or lost on a f- few points, and you know, just. At least being in a in a in a position where um, you know you can you know bring a best to the table each time. I mean that's what I've always tried to do. I think just this allows me uh, to do it a little bit better. You know, since I was a kid, uh, you know my da- you know my dad. I remember we spent hours and hours on the mental side, and uh, you know I've always seen the huge importance of that. Um, I think throughout I've been very critical in in nature, and that's I think the biggest thing I've been trying to reverse the trend a little bit. I feel like you know just giving myself a bit more um, credit when I'm playing good tennis, when I hit good shots and try, almost forget about the, you know, the shots that aren't so great. Obviously, I learn from them, but not trying to attach that same emotional importance. And I think that's been the biggest change. And that's what I've really pushed myself. And I think that's where those positive emotions come through. It's me saying, acknowledging the good stuff I'm doing and uh, trying to not attach any unnecessary emotional 
um, you know, value to shots that aren't, you know, that aren't good. You know, it's made tennis more enjoyable for me, um, you know, especially on the practice side, because as I was saying, there was times where I get, you know, quite critical and just in the quest for improvement and getting better. And, you know, I sort of came to the realization that, you know, I'm, I've been playing tennis for so long, the margins are so small. And, uh, you know, I think I can give myself almost more credit um, for, you know, how good I am as a tennis player. And, I, you know, I say that as humbly as possible. I've spent, you know, my life working on it. And, you know, I think I can... Um, take a bit more confidence at times in you know, everything I can do on uh, do on the court, and it's that same mentality that I'm trying to bring to the uh, the match court. Uh, you know, it doesn't guarantee any wins. It just, as I said, it helps me play better tennis. Um, you know, it's uh, it just you know continuously uh, you know focuses me and and drives me forward. Um, so it's uh, something that I you know want to you know want to keep doing. You know, I'm I'm one of a member of a team. Uh, we we see it. Everyone sees it in the same way. You know, we're all members of the team and all part of a, his his hopefully his success. You know, and his continued success as well. Uh, Kevin has the, the he's a very analytical guy by nature, and you know sometimes on the tennis court you would see that manifest itself out on the tennis court, and he'd be instead of just competing and and getting stuck in and and trying to get uh, the win any way he can, he would start analyzing things from a, maybe a technical or tactical perspective um, in, in a negative way uh, or in a way that was not going to complement what he was doing out on the match court. So for him to, uh, you know, to try, it was actually, you know, he has a psychologist and uh, another coach that helps him in Florida, the Jay Bosworth, that does a fantastic job. And, you know, in the team, it was all decided, well, you know, we have to, in, in a way, nearly distract him from these... Uh, other thoughts that are on the that, that could occur in the match, and you know, let's really try to get positive and, and take him out of his comfort zone. And uh, it's about as far out of his comfort zone as uh, he could be. And uh, he he had to really sign off on it and uh, really commit 110 percent to it. And it's not been easy for him to do. And I think uh, you know a lot of credit has to be given to him for really agreeing to, to step out of his comfort zone and to to go do something that he was really not comfortable doing. When you think back, if he had done it earlier in his career, perhaps um, some of these results may have come earlier because there is a definite change, and uh, and it's clearly um, you know benefiting you and the whole team. Uh, yes, uh, possibly there could have been a change. Um, I think everything in life, you, you know, you have there has there has to be a level of maturity and a level of understanding that has to accompany the change. And I think he has that now. He, you know, maybe two years ago he wouldn't have understood that something needed to be changed so drastically because he was still in the ascendancy and his ranking was still going up and he was still doing a lot of good things. So uh, this was something that you know he he realised he needed to push himself a little bit further and uh, he's never been scared of hard work and pushing himself. And I think he. Full credit must be go must go to Kevin because he's he's extended himself and pushed himself uh, right up to his limit and, and taken himself out of his comfort zone and you know that's all you can ever ask for someone. What are the other aspects of his game that you've uh, been pleased with this season? We know he's always had a big serve and, and the key for a guy of his size is always having a good serve. But uh, in terms of his movement for a big guy, is that something that you've been really working on a lot? Yeah, I mean, in the end of 2014, he hired Alistair McCaw, who's a fitness a movement specialist, and uh, you know, Alistair's done some fantastic work with him. Kevin's always been a very good mover. Uh, he's always been a good tennis player, and a lot of what what we work on with him is just trying to be more efficient and and you know, get more out of his game uh, with. Mm, I don't want to say less effort, but you know, trying to get a few more free points and, and figure out different ways to win points because there's a there's a multitude of opponents out here and you can't be too one-dimensional. You have to have uh, a few uh, sort of tools in your toolbox. In terms of the targets and goals, um, obviously the uh, NITO ATP World Tour Finals are still a possibility. 
with a big finish in the season. Uh, can you see Kevin getting be broken to the top ten very briefly? Uh, can you see him getting back there? Definitely. You know, it's uh, we've spoken about. Obviously, the last sort of two three months has been uh, a whirlwind, if you like. Uh, he's, he's played exceptionally well, and I think demonstrated what is actually possible if you you know when you when you step outside of your comfort zone and you, you execute what you can do. Um, now, now it becomes a, it becomes a different uh, challenge because obviously the goal the goalposts have moved a little bit, and now you know you have the the tour finals uh, looming in front of you, but. Uh, you know he he has to focus on doing what he, what he does well, and the results will take care of themselves. If if uh, you know if you're playing to try and make London, that's not going to happen. So you've got to just do what you do best down a day in day out. And if you end up qualifying, great. If you don't, and you you know you've got to look back and still say he had a fantastic year. And I think he will do that. Uh, sometimes when you're in the present moment, it's not that easy to do. But when you look back on things, it's always easier. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. And finally, this week, what about a fan's favourite making a late push for London? After his successful return to the ATP World Tour last February, Juan Martín del Potro is determined to continue his climb back to the very top of the game. Last year was a special year for me, but this year it's a big challenge for me because if I if I have the chance to play around 20 tournaments, I will have the chance to grow up in the ranking and could be important for, for getting closer to the top guys. I think I surprised myself and I surprised the, the tennis world with my level. But that's just the, the beginning of the comeback. I always keep positive with, my, with myself, uh, with my Greece. I had a, a good team behind me trying to, to support me with all decisions. My forehand still working good, my serves helped me in, in the important moments and all matches. And all these things make me so glad when I get into the court. Del Potro allowed himself an extended off-season to ensure his body was in top shape for 2017. Spending January working hard on and off the court in his hometown in Argentina. I worked hard in my preseason in, in Tandil, then I came. This preseason are completely different than the last one. Now I'm healthy, I'm playing tennis, and, and I only thinking about goals, and I'm looking forward to, to getting close to that. And I think I did everything what I can, I can do before a tournament. I will be in good shape for for this tournament and then for the next next biggest event and hopefully I, I can be 100% for whole season. When I get into the court, I can enjoy the tennis life more than, than years ago and I just wanted to keep playing tennis for a few years and, and I'm prayed to, to stay healthy as well. It's tough to to set up a, a new new goals, but if I'm still healthy and my wrist responds as I as I want, I would like to to be in the in the better rank in the future, and that could be my my biggest goal for the year. Getting closer to the top guys, I would like to to keep growing in this season, and let's see what can I do this year. Whatever happens, it's guaranteed to be a fascinating, nerve-jangling couple of weeks ahead as the remaining places are locked down for the Nito ATP Finals. The singles, as well as the doubles race, of course, where just one place is now up for grabs in London. And also the next-gen Emirates race to Milan, where four places still 
remain. You can follow all the drama on ATP Tennis Radio, where we'll bring you live commentary of the finals from both Vienna and Basel, followed by a full week of wall-to-wall live coverage from the final event on the road to London, the Rolex Paris Masters. Listen to ATP Tennis Radio on atpworldtour.com, on TuneIn and on the Tennis TV app as a free-to-listen option. If you've enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. Enjoy the tennis. We'll see you next week. You're listening to ATP Tennis Radio, available on the official websites and apps, on TuneIn and iTunes.